Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Are you a fan of making lemonade? Qui-Gon's happy hour? Or just my work in general? Well, due to the current world crisis, health crisis we are at, we here at the Lemonade Podcast Network have hit a wall as far as our sponsors and regular revenue streams go. And we thought it's time to push our Patreon. If you go to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the lemonade network and become a patron you will get access to not only a patron exclusive podcast feed with all our star wars after shows movie commentaries and the whole first season of my podcast baking oranges where i talk with my friend and yours steve about pop culture and the world around us but you will also get 15 percent off all products in my online store Um, year-round and access to a patron-only Discord community where you can talk about the latest episodes, pop culture, and much more with our Lemonade Network community. Now, for those of you out there who are also in financial hardship right now, this is not for you. I want you all to know that we we will still have free podcasting content year-round. Every single week, we're going to have new episodes of Making Lemonade and Qui-Gon's Happy Hour every other week as well, so don't fret. However, if you are not in financial hardship and you could spare some <laughs> some cash um, and would like to help out and are, are a fan of everything we do here at the Lemonade Network, please head over to patreon.com forward slash the Lemonade Network and become a Patreon a patron today. Stay weird. speeders in park blow pour yourself a blue mojito kick your feet up because it's time for Kwai Gon's happy hour that's right ladies and gentlemen we are back I am so sorry about last time um, everybody who is ready to watch the live stream of the Mandalorian um, I had some family stuff come up again so I decided that we're going to be doing uh, the Mando on uh, Tuesday and Thursday afternoons instead of evenings. The evenings are just getting too difficult with uh, the newborn and the kitties and so on. So um, we're going to do it from now on. Skull, I have my Stormtrooper cup. Uh, you know what? Let's get into it. Let's just get straight into this episode of The Mandalorian. Um, we are up to episode five. That's right, episode number five. Let's. Um, every, hello everybody on TikTok. Um, what are you saying here? Aya, ayahuasca. You should drink some ayahuasca with a shaman. I would love to do that one day, but that is not a conversation for this podcast. <laughs> this is my uh, Star Wars podcast. So we're going to go, not that ayahuasca isn't family friendly. It's just not something I think, um, that is within the Star Wars universe or a lot of parents would be happy with their children listening to I like that you got the name ayahuasca 
um, on your TikTok though, by the way. That's, um, I do appreciate that as an, uh, as an aspect of this whole conversation. Um, I'm just getting the Mandalorian. We've got the, uh, we've got a little bit of trivia as well to go through here. Um, for the episode so we're up to chapter five the gunslinger um everybody who's watching at home if you're watching at home and listening to this or you're watching at home on tiktok you want to watch at home live on youtube or whatever we are about to start i'm going to give you the countdown and give you five five seconds five four three two get ready to hit that button pause it if you need to come back three two one we're going to hit play now is that Disney Plus logo? Take off one of these headphones so I'm not screaming into my microphone. So don't skip the recap. So we always go over the recap here at Qui-Gon's Happy Hour. We've got the recap. He's got the baby. He's uh, gone to the Blue Shrimp Planet. Yep, Starport. I can't remember the name of the Starport. To, I'm just going to change over my headphones while we're sitting here because I've got a really weird buzzing sound in these ones. I'm going to change them over. Bit of BTS for you, ladies and gentlemen. Not the uh, Korean pop band, but the, uh, the sh- behind the scenes type BTS. Um, I think it's just in my microphone that I'm getting that sound but let's have a look and see what happens here there we go that's much better i don't have that clicking sound in my headphones all right i can hear myself i can see all of you let's get into it so here's this wonderful this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole series and i have a new monitor so all of you on on live on youtube you're probably confused why i'm not looking directly at you i have a new monitor this big huge monitor that we can watch this on it's wonderful. I have a TV over here, but you guys would hear it, so I need to plug everything in, and it's a whole technical mess. Um, but here's that great, uh, what would what do they call it? Uh, not a trench run, just a bomber kind of attack, but this here is wicked. Um, he's got a bounty hunter after him. I believe, once we go into the trivia later, we'll find out who that bounty hunter is. So let's click, I'm going to click the trivia here, see more. That bounty hunter is someone important, someone significant to either the Mandalorian or the Star Wars universe. I know that for sure. So we're going to, I got two TVs playing the one thing. This is really cool. And there it is, Kaboomshka. That was a beautiful looking um, explosion too. Gorgeous. Okay. So, for those of you who know what happens in this episode, you know where we're headed. A lot of people said it's a little bit too um, fan servicey, but this is Star Wars. Let's get into it. Let's do it. All right. So, while we're here, while we're floating around in space, while the Mando's floating around in space, let's get into some trivia. So, in the cantina... Uh, Cantina bounty hunter Toro Calican sits in the same booth where Han Solo blasted Greedo. He even adopts a Solo-like feet on the table reclining position. That's true. We're going to get to that position though. 
I assume that a lot of you who have who are watching this have seen or listening to this have seen The Mandalorian at this point, so um, it's worth your while. I will go almost anywhere to find where I belong. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. I might do a rendition of that. Should I do a cover? I'm going to put a poll up on on um, Instagram. Should I do a cover of uh, Where I Belong? Is that what it's called? Where I Belong from Hercules? I will go almost anywhere to find where I belong. <laughs> that was intentional, I promise. I can actually sing a little bit, not so much. I'm not, I'm not that great. It's not one of my... Ah, the baby. Oh, he's got his own little secret hidey hole, little cot, cotty hole. It's cute. I like Ah, oh, and here we go. Here's those droids from... Um, are they probe droids? No, not probe droids. What are they called? Uh, not protocol droids. They're like mechanic droids. The ones from... Um, the ones from Phantom Menace. So that's the first... Apparently, this is the first reference to the prequels in the whole show. Now, let's get on to... And that's um, Amy... Amy, 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 what's her name? The comedian, Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedar Sedaris, Sedaris, Amy Sedaris. She's in a lot of things. She's the kooky character in a lot of things. Um, particularly 30 Rock. She is one of um, the main girl's friends. She's a reoccurring character in that show, at least. Um She's a very motherly character in this show. Um, I really enjoy her um, her character here. She's very clever. Very few people have said she's not very Star Warsy. She's a bit too quippy and quick and 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 rude. But what what is like what is a Star Warsy character? I suppose she's a she's a side character. She's She's playing the lines to her own, her own advantage and her own character. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen. It's Mos Eisley. That's right. the The place we started is the the place where we we have returned. It's the first time we have returned to Mos Eisley in anything Star Wars since A New Hope. Believe it or not, it's strange that that we never returned to Mos Eisley in. And there's those skulls. There's those oh. Those, um, not skulls, those Stormtrooper helmets on the spikes that look like skulls on spikes. That's the spooky part about it, because they're so white and, 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 and skull-looking. I wonder if that's, that was the basis for the Stormtrooper design. I want to know that. What was the basis? What was the inspiration for the Stormtrooper design? The inspiration for the Storm... I never really thought of them as skulls, but I suppose... Now that I look at them on those spikes, they really are quite skull. Oh, and here he is. The CG. They really have been quite seamless with the CG and the puppet on this on this show. Um, Stormtrooper helmet. I need to do some more research in evolution. Um, in the prequels, the helmet started as more... No, see, that's evolution on... What is the inspiration behind the design of the Stormtrooper helmet? There we go. Maybe Quora can answer the question for us. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 
uh, the, the, the Jordan Googles things about Star Wars. <laughs> yes, he's a little baby child. He's um, So, let's have a look. Stormtroopers um, started with... Oh, okay. So, they were inspired by the Third Reich helmets. Um, YouTube, please don't put me down for saying the Third Reich. I'm talking about Stormtroopers here. No, neither you, TikTok. Don't be ridiculous. Um, and then there was a design Ralph Macquarie's concept art for Stormtroopers might have been drawn from their actual attire but the resemblance is very abstracted yes so he's designed um, wow these original Stormtroopers are actually really cool I would love a a figurine or something of the Ralph Macquarie Stormtroopers um, they look a lot like what we ended up with but there's also definitely some resemblance to the Force Awakens New Order Stormtroopers that's for sure. Um, it's a lot of resemblance to a lot of things. Star Wars, actually. Very sleek looking. Um, looks a lot like a clone trooper, like a maybe an alternate clone trooper. Here we go. We're on... Um, we're in most nicely. Look at how empty this bar is as well. Remember the last time we were here when it was just buzzing? And now it's post. This guy even sounds like Hayden Christensen. He seems he seems cool, but we later find out not not so not so much. Torah Calacan. So one shot of the Mandalorian riding the dewback is framed exactly like a famous publicity shot of a stormtrooper riding a dewback in A New Hope. There you go. Fennec Shan and and who is Fennec Shan? Mulan herself, not the new Mulan, the original Mulan, and um, she's also from. She was also in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, Ming-Na Wen. Yes. Um, she did begin as Mulan, though. That was one of her biggest starts. So, Sweet Bikes were first mentioned... Let's get to some trivia here. Sweet Bikes were first mentioned in Brian Daly's 1979 novel, Han Solo at Star's End. Huh. Learn something new every day. And first appeared on screen in the special edition of Star Wars A New Hope, 1977. A director, George Lucas, wanted to make Mos Eisley appear more bustling. Using CGI to add characters riding these bikes through the city, Anakin Skywalker also rode a swoop when he returned to Tatooine in search of his mother in Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, 2002. So technically, those swoop bikes, I believe, first were... Um, in this Han Solo novel, 1979, and then appeared in, um, in Return of the Jedi. Now, this... Um, what's his name? Toro Calican. Toro Calican. Mm, see? Now, knowing what we know about the end of this episode, he definitely intentionally broke that, um, that tracker thing. What do they call it? Oh, I'm a terrible Star Wars fan. Can't remember all the specifics. I don't have a favorite uh, bolt on the on the Razor Crest. It's just in case you know. I don't I don't know where all the um where all the the monitors on the Razor Crest came from. Only fans. I don't have an Only Fans. No. This is a family show as well, by the way. Um It'd be interesting. I wonder if no. Don't worry, we're not going to have that conversation here. Um, I don't have a favourite. Um, g'day, I'm weird. Do you want to? Do you want a weird? 
Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, so, yes, we were talking about these swoop bikes. So, I believe they first appeared on screen. What's interesting is they haven't put here that they appear, they first appeared on screen. I don't know. Maybe they didn't. Maybe swoop bikes are a different thing to scout bikes. And um, probably, I'm, I'm 90% sure that that's the case. <laughs> 90% sure. Um, 90, 80% sure. Ah, uh, yeah, they're a different bike. They're close. Oh, they look like the speeder bikes, though. I don't know. I don't know if a swoop bike is different to a speeder bike. Does it matter, though? I suppose a lot of fans really do. It does matter to them, but it doesn't really matter to me here at Qui-Gon Tapio. I don't think the difference between a swoop bike and a speeder bike is, is that important. They, they do the same thing, really. Like, even these two swoop bikes, as they call them, are different. Um, so, this kind of shows you how not quite responsible yet Mando is of the child, how he's not quite fitting into that fatherly position um, just yet because he's just leaving the child with strangers. She's leaving him in a pod in the um, in the Razor Crest and he's just leaving him with strangers. And it's curious because uh, later on you see that he doesn't really trust anybody near the child and he does end up trusting a droid with the child which is very curious as a father figure as a stepfather kind of figure how he is going to end up there later you know you know I don't know I'm, I feel Tusken Raiders there we are we're really on Tatooine now. I think I just fell asleep. <laughs> I definitely just like got so worked up in the show. Oh yeah, that's right. I love this moment. Okay, we've got to talk about this moment. This is really curious. Mando knows how to speak Tusken Raider. They speak sign language. There's a sign language. Mando's definitely been here before. And these Tusken Raiders, they look like they might be uh, 501st Tusken Raiders, like cosplayers that they've hired. Because there's people who have such strong Tusken Raider outfits. He's giving him the Binox, making a trade, brand new Binox. <laughs> I like that they call them Binox. They've never re re referenced them. Reference them as Binox in this moment. Um, in in anything live action, I'm sure in comics or or, or novels, all the all the novel nerds have definitely um, will definitely be able to attest whether they've referenced them in anything else. But in this, definitely not. Um, but it's curious. I've seen them called Binox in uh, visual dictionaries and so on. But anyway, let's do some more trivia while we're sitting here because 
a lot of this episode, frankly, is worth watching, but it's not really worth chatting too much about. Like, I mean, we're here to watch it along and, and, and talk about it, but it's not super worth um, talking about because there's a lot of desert, there's a lot of snooping around, there's a lot of slow movement. Um, there's this guy here, I mean, this guy here is just being dragged by a dewback. He's just on the back of a dewback. Um, I like that we brought back dewbacks. It's it's very um, much, he's another bounty hunter. After Fennec Shan. She killed him. The um He's got a he's got a tracker on her and it's moving fast too. Now he's got a tracker. Oh just got shot in the back. There we go. Now it's getting interesting. There's a dude on the back of a do back. This kid Oh, I love Fennec Shan's helmet. And this is a really funny moment here. What happened? The sniper. And he says something about... Yeah, I'm wearing Beskar. Wait. Yeah. Wait, I don't wear any Beskar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Um, Pedro's mask acting. And the stuntman's mask acting is just phenomenal. Um... There's a lot of actors who are really good at that in Star Wars. And Star Wars is like the pinnacle for uh, mask acting. Kylo Ren, Adam Driver, Pedro Pascal, uh, David Prowse in Darth Vader, Anthony Daniels in in um, C-3PO. Say what you will about C-3PO, but C-3PO is a very strong physical character. That's a cool helmet. I really like a helmet. Um, okay, so... When the uh, the flight sticks in Mando's spaceship are currently repainted thrust master T16000M game controllers, which are particularly popular among the space simulation and space shooter community. Oh, okay. It's in his cockpit. Fast asleep Mando. I don't think the Mando is actually asleep here. He's just pretending. He's just getting rest rather than sleep. He wouldn't, um, he wouldn't, um, just waking you up. He was never actually asleep. Um, so when the, the, here's some more trivia. When the Razor Crest locks on to begin its landing on Tatooine, the shot is framed exactly like the opening shot of the original A New Hope. There you go. Interesting. It's f shot like the original first shot of A New Hope with that Star Destroyer and the Tontine 4. There you go. Uh, the Mos Eisley canteen, cantina that once banned C-3PO and R2-D2 now allows droids on the premises. Yes, I meant to say something about that before, but I was chatting about something else. It allows droids on the premises. Even the bartenders are droids, like the ones who used to work for Jabba the Hutt in Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Yes, they are. They're bartenders. Um, they, what if they are? That'd be cool. I mean, it doesn't really matter, but you know. They could very well be, and this is a very clever moment here, but they could very well be the bar the, the ones that used to torture droids on Jabba's uh, barge, so to speak, Jabba's uh, palace. This is really clever here. She's using infrared guns and they're sending out flares to mess with her eyes. Now, it looks like her um, visor is somehow protective, somehow lightens that infrared um, sniper and makes it easier for her to 
Um, oh, that would hurt. Ouch. Makes it easier for her to see. But the more light that he strikes, the harder it is. She shot him in the chest again. Except that. Good thing he's got Beskar on and... Anakin Light. <laughs> I'm going to call him that. Anakin Light is there. And now he has to fight her off. He thinks he's Han Solo, but he's really not. He's more like... Oh, thank God for Beskar, eh? Still would leave a giant bruise. He's probably cracked his... I'm going to say that at that point, he's definitely, in my professional medical opinion, <laughs> as an illustrator, he's probably cracked his sternum, some serious rib damage, and um, there'll just be a ginormous bruise on his chest, I'm going to say. Like a magnificent bruise on his chest. Um, it's going to be uh, going to be interesting to see but yeah that's what I reckon would, ha would have happened to him from that bullet even though the best guys protected him from the the whole thing um, I think there's definitely going to be some serious damage going on uh, over here for the Mandalorian this, uh, I knew this episode would be, I don't think it's like homework or pulling teeth, but it's just slow. Um, it's not one of my favorites personally, as much as I love being on Tatooine, it just feels like a Navarro. What's Navarro? Where's Navarro? He's been to Navarro. I think we hear about Navarro in the next episode. It's just a little throw forward to... to um to something I'm not sure what it's a throw forward to um I'm just gonna oh that's right it's the next episode the Navarro Someone, there was something to do with the, his old crew uh the, the conversation of Navarro the story of Navarro we definitely find out about it later I just don't remember specifically how or when or what to wear or huh. that's curious I don't know what's this on the on the horizon there's something on the horizon the dewback yeah you watch her she's no good to us dead that's a that's a Boba Fett throwback line very nice alright Let's get into some more questions. Panthers are always present where Tusken Raiders are. Some expanded universe writers established that owning a bantha is a rite of passage for the young after which the creature becomes a central part of a family group. So it's like a dog. Banthas are like a dog in the Tusken Raider religion. That's interesting. Fennec Shand, also known as Ming-Na Wen, shares her last name with Kanja Club, Kanja Club member Crokind Shand who is briefly seen in A Force Awakens. Tell that to Kanja Club. <laughs> so, she's related to one of the Kanja Club guys. Do all the... Is that because she's Asian? I wonder. It's kind of cool that she is related to one of the Kanja Club members anyway. I'm sure there's some stuff on Fennec Shand later, sooner or later. Um, here, she's just trying to manipulate the young gun. 
this is my job. Make me a full member of the Bounty, Bounty Hunters Guild. The Mandalorian. Yeah. He's a far more powerful. If she thought that she wasn't going to get killed by this for this, she's silly. She's, she's obviously thinking he's... Uh, he cares about the reputation, but she's obviously thinking that he's a lot dumber than he looks. Um, or a lot less dangerous than he looks. Anyway, bounty hunter who chases the Mandalorian at the start of the show wears the same... Here we go, I told you this had come up. Uh, chases the Mandalorian at the start of the show wears the same kind of helmet and flight suit as the Resistance pilot um, in The Last Jedi. Okay, Resistance pilots. Even though this series takes place about 25 years prior to the events in The Last Jedi, it's still plausible since the Resistance only uses outdated New Republic surplus. Yeah, there you go. So it was an outdated old ship and, and, and outfits. That's interesting. Um, the EPT-212 droid detector unit at the entrance of the Mos Eisley Cantina appears to have been removed. Ah, uh, it used to be there. Right, that's interesting. I think they might have just forgot to put it in there. Or maybe it was intentional. It is it is um, Filoni we're talking about here. So uh, the credits of the episode, as with previous installments, showed off concept art for the series. One image in particular depicted the Mandalorian riding a dewback which drew a striking similarity to Boba Fett's debut in the Star Wars Holiday Special, where he was depicted riding a dinosaur. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Boba Fett rode a dinosaur. They didn't really get Star Wars, the people who made the special. Yeah, they really didn't get it. Oh, and that's right. She didn't expect that. He didn't trust her. He didn't want to share the reputation, nor the money, with her. Um, Amy Sedaris, who worked with John Favreau on Elf, delivers the same line, look at you, to both Buddy the Elf and the Child. Ah, see, just a lot of little throwback kind of things in this show. There's tiny little things. Uh, Pelly sits around her table with her droids playing a game of cards. They're playing Sabacc, the same game that Han Solo beat Lando Carrissian to win the Millennium Falcon. That is true. So here we go. This is the, uh, turning point. And as we know, Mando is off on a mission right now, off in the distance. Uh, he went to get the do-back. I can't remember exactly. They said before why he was there, but he got a do-back. Uh, he went out to get a do-back, right? And now he's going to move so slow because old mate's on a swoop bike and the Mando's just on a do-back. Do-backs are good. They're good creatures. They're the camels of Tatooine. But they are... Oh, wow. They just look like giant... Curious creatures, aren't they? They just look like these giant... Um, what are they called? Uh, Komodo dragons. They really are just like a dragon. And there's that shot we were talking about before. That's like the Halloween... Um, the holiday special of him traveling back into Mos Eisley. Um... Pelimoto, while looking over Mando's ship, says, there's a lot of carbon scoring here. This was the same quote Luke Skywalker said when cleaning R2-D2 in The Empire Strikes Back. That is correct. So, oh, there's those little um, pod droids, plot droids, pop, pop droids, pod, punk, punk, punk droids? I don't know. The two banthers Toro sees through his binocs are positioned in the exact same way as the two banthers Luke Skywalker sees through his own in Star Wars. And just as they did with Luke, the Tusken Raiders are the Banthers as a decoy to sneak up on Tauros. That's just... 
man, that's just, that's cool. Just It's just what Tusken Raiders would do. And it's cool that that, like, just that tiny little detail was put in there to, you know, just, just cause. Um, there, there's no reason it needed to be in there, but it was just little, little Easter eggs, tiny little Easter eggs. We don't need anything beyond that. Um, in Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, uh, Connections, it was revealed that the bartender droid EV9D9 was voiced by Mark Hamill, who played Luke Skywalker. Wow. There you go. Didn't know that. I didn't really hear that. I'll have to go back and listen. Uh, Fennec Shand identifies the world from chapter one and three as Navarro. Oh, Navarro is the planet he lived on. He was on in the first few episodes was where... He was meeting with the client and, you know, the bounty hunter kept going back to where uh, uh, Grief Cargo was. Right. There you go. Have you ever been on Navarro, he says. Oh. That's interesting. Very interesting. That is an interesting... Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> We're going to get that every single episode, ladies and gentlemen. I'm I'm doing my um, my best impression of the client. Uh, the Mandalorian says she's no good to us, dead. Ah, see, I told you. It's almost direct quote of the line Boba Fett says in Empire Strikes Back. He's no good to me, dead, in regards to Darth Vader training Han Solo to the bounty hunter. Yes, be careful with him. He's, he's a very precious little boy. He's cutesy. With those big ears. I take it you didn't get pain. <laughs> I'm going to say she... He probably took some coin off someone. Oh, he stole all of old mate's money. <laughs> it's probably from that bounty hunter that um, they found being dragged by the dewback in the middle of the, the desert. So, welcome everyone new. That was almost too easy to kill that... That... Uh, that kid... Drag it to Beggar's Canyon. There we go. Beggar's Canyon, which is where Luke used to um, bullseye womp rats. Um, and that's how we learned how to bullseye the Death Star. That's right. Beggar's Canyon. We don't get very many mentions of that, but just cool little things like that. Um, it's really, it's those tiny details that Favreau, Filoni, and all the other directors have put into this show uh, for good reason. That just make the show so much stronger. And I was about to say that's that. But this here is the shot we see. That's right. Clink, clink, clink. Of what sounds like Boba Fett. Could very well be Boba Fett. Because Boba Fett walks around and it goes clink, clink, clinkity, clink. We're on Tatooine where Boba Fett died and we last saw him. The Mando has a history with Boba Fett. Here we go. And this character here has a face like Aunt, um, this uh, young guy has a f in the concept art has Orlando Bloom's face. That's curious. Well, one of the concept arts has Orlando Bloom's face. Maybe they just used it as reference because they didn't have an actor yet. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's curious that, that uh, Boba Fett reference. Boba Fett's... Uh, Feet made the sounds of spurs, clink, 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 in Empire Strikes Back when we first, when he walked around, chink, 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 that's a little Easter egg there. Um, it was a reference to a cowboy 
the cowboy-esque kind of character, the assassin, the bounty hunter-esque kind of character um, of the of Boba Fett. It's curious though. Um, I don't know. We we've 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 had a few on that subject before we we leave here, as the episode is over. We've had a few um, people said to be in the next season of The Mandalorian. Um, season 2, as it's coming out at the end of this month. Um, and one of them was Tamura Morrison, who technically would have played Boba Fett if he were to come back. But there's also a reference that he might be playing Rex. Because um, Rex is still technically alive at this point, post-Return of the Jedi. So, it's curious because we do have this reference to Boba Fett here. It could have very well have been Rex on that, on that, on Tatooine there. But, you know, maybe they just put it in there and we're never going to reference it again. Um, we never know. But they don't often, Filoni and Favreau don't often put things in unless they're going to come back to them. Anyway, so that is the end of episode five. Um, the next episode is one of my favorites, personally. Um, and that is the, uh, what's it called? Let's have a look. That is The Prisoner. That's the heist episode. So we've got three more episodes to go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're going to have to drag it out because we didn't do Tuesday. We might actually do a, a double whammy, a triple whammy next week. Uh, we'll see how it goes. If I have time, it'll be a surprise one, but um, I'll make sure to at least put it up on YouTube uh, and announce it. But yeah, we have um, we have the prisoner next, then the reckoning, and then redemption, and that's it. Then we'll be into season two. Um, but you can come and watch those. But I'm, we're doing them so because I found that eight o'clock was being a bit difficult. We're going to do them three o'clock every Tuesday and Thursday afternoon, Australian Eastern Standard Time. So those in the US can still watch. Uh, those within. Um, Australia can watch on your way home as well. Um, you might be on the train or the bus or something like that. So that'll be helpful too for all of you. Um, and other than that, uh, that's it for the Mandalorian commentary, ladies and gentlemen. This has been episode five, The Gunslinger. We'll see you next week for episode six, The Prisoner. Thank you, everybody who's been watching live. Thank you, everybody who's listening and watching at home. Everybody on YouTube, everybody on TikTok, everybody elsewhere on the my audio assassins. Thank you so much. Um, and as always, I've been your host, Jordan. This has been Qui-Gon's Happy Hour. And may the Force be with you, always. This is the way. <laughs>